Are you tired of feeling stuck in a cycle of scarcity, knowing deep down that you're destined for so much more? Do you yearn to elevate your wealth and manifest a life overflowing with abundance? Well, get ready to embark on a transformational journey because the free Money Mindset Workshop is back and better than ever. Mark your calendars for Friday, May the 31st at 6pm UK time, where we'll be diving into the secrets of unlocking all that prosperity. If you can't make it live, no worries. You'll still have access to the replay so you won't miss a single nugget of wisdom. So why should you join me for this life-changing free workshop? Firstly, we're going to shake off those limiting beliefs and mindset blocks that have been holding you back. It's time to break free and unleash the full potential of your money mindset. Then we'll be talking about manifesting wealth and success like never before. So say goodbye to just dreaming and hello to turning those dreams into tangible realities. And let's not forget about the cash flow because we're going to explore all the ways that money can flow into your life, enriching it beyond measure. Some of you might be wondering, does mindset really work? Absolutely. This workshop will serve as your guide and light, showing you how mindset shapes your reality and empowers you to actively pursue your goals. So whether you're a newbie to positive money mindset or a seasoned pro, this workshop is designed for you. If you're ready to see a significant transformation in your wealth and you're eager to embrace new techniques for inviting prosperity into your life, then you belong here. So what's on the agenda? We've got a 90-minute interactive session where we'll tackle those limiting beliefs head-on and uncover the abundance waiting to be embraced. Just imagine, instead of struggling, you could manifest money faster easier and with less effort. Are you ready to step into a life of abundance? Join me Friday, May the 31st for my free money mindset workshop. To sign up for your free place, visit cannycrystalsacademy.co.uk forward slash workshop. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Canny Crystals, the podcast. My name is Mart, I'm your host, and this week I've got an extra special guest. I've got TV presenter Haley Sparks in the show. Haley, how are you? 
Oh, I'm really well. I am so excited to be here. I am one of your regular listeners. So thank you so much for having me. No, thank you so much for being a listener. I absolutely love it. Um, so Hayley, you've got quite an interesting story, haven't you? Especially around when you were a teen. And it's something that I was really interested in sharing with my listeners. So just for just to put this into context for everyone else, Haley suffered with um, IBD and ulcerative colitis um, when you were a teen, didn't you? So do you want to like talk us through that, Haley, and just talk about how that affected you? Yeah, sure. So I was diagnosed at seven um, with ulcerative colitis and it was really rare because that particular illness normally tends to come on in your 20s. But so sort of for it to happen so young was extremely rare and it took a long while for them to diagnose it. But yeah, to be honest, I lived a completely different life to the life that I live now. Um, I got so bad to the point really where I was completely housebound and um, right at the end before it sort of, um, you know, reached a point where I had to have emergency surgery, I couldn't even sleep in my own bed anymore because I would collapse on the way from my bedroom to the bathroom. So I had to sleep in bed with my parents so that every time I got up to go to the toilet they could assist me to the toilet because I'd become that weak and ill so it was really challenging it made school life really difficult um missed tons of school couldn't do the normal things we take for granted um I was on a wheat-free sugar-free and dairy-free diet um at one point I could only eat pears and potatoes like we used to try everything oh um didn't have access to the internet back then so used to try and find specialists and I was on a lot of steroids and medication and my parents were desperate to try all the alternative therapies to try and help me get off these really strong drugs which have a lot of really negative side effects so yeah it was definitely a really challenging time and I think it's a condition that well, anybody suffering with anything to do with that sort of thing, people find it really embarrassing, don't they? And we shouldn't. But I used to feel like really humiliated on a regular basis because I'd have to leave the classroom when I was at mm. school and I might be in the toilet for two hours, like sat there in pain, potentially like bleeding and things. And then I'd have to walk back in and everybody would look at me and I just yeah. I, I just wanted to die. <laughs> I was going to say, I think especially being so young as well, being seven year old, people talk, don't they, like kids, because they're so naive, they don't know what's happening and they're just curious more than anything. So people will have said random things, but probably not anything bad. But yeah, it probably would have looked weird to them, like you saying, like sitting in the toilet for an hour and things like that. So when did you actually get a colostomy bag fitted then? Were you in your teens then? So I was 14 and uh, as I reached that point of sort of collapsing and, and you know, being ha- literally had become housebound, um, I was taken into hospital and it became apparent that things were at a really sort of make or break stage and I was just rushed into emergency surgery and um, my bowel was basically, you know, like how an appendix can burst, but if you get it out in time, yeah. you're okay. It was like that yeah. with my large bowel was about to rupture. So I didn't know this, but they sort of said to my parents at the time, like, we don't know if we can, we can save her because it's at this point, we don't know if we can get it out um, in time. So it was all like really terrifying. And I woke up in intensive care, couldn't feel my legs, I literally had a million tubes um, in me. And, um, uh, and uh, yeah, but as I got better, I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't know. I was introduced to the fact that Obviously, I was very grateful they'd saved my life, but I had this colostomy bag at 14 and I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a joke. I thought, 
and I, I don't want to cause any offense to anybody that lives with a colostomy bag. I'm just sort of being honest about my teenage brain. I thought, yeah, this can't be real. Like they can't expect me to live like like this. This how do they expect me to be able to have a life with this situation? So it took quite a lot of adjusting to um to having the stoma bag, yeah. I was going to say, so how did you manage to cope? Because was it, I'm assuming it was painful as well. So how did you kind of cope with, you know, like them stomach pains and things like that? And just even having the, the colostomy bag on you? Well, because of everything I've been through, I was like five and a half stone. I was um, in a wheelchair because I was so frail and weak because I'd been so ill prior to having the stoma bag. So I literally... I feel like almost like I was reborn, if that makes sense. Like I had to have help to learn to walk again. Obviously, I had to regain weight. I was, yeah, I guess like just so weak and it just took such a long time. But because the operation had removed the uh, the part of the bowel that had the colitis, as I started to get better, and obviously I came off all my medication that had stunted my growth and caused me a lot of problems, um, I could eat whatever I wanted for the first time in seven years. I could eat chocolate and bread and all the things that we just take for granted. So I had to have a gratitude for the stoma bag and appreciate that it literally given me a life I'd never had. I didn't have to rush to the toilet anymore. I could sit in with my classmates and not sit right by the door I could go on school trips I could walk to the news agents all these little I could go on a car car journey and not be panicking and so because of the life that it gave me I had to learn to appreciate it and be grateful it's so nice as well that you saying that you you were so grateful and had all this appreciation for it because being 14 year old as well it must have been so hard with peer pressure and things like that to to even like drink or some alcohol like you can't have alcohol like like beer and lager and things can't you can you with like IBD so I'm I'm just thinking like back when I was 14 16 I don't think I was appreciative for anything I I wasn't even appreciative (laughs) for the roof that I had over my head you know what I mean like because you're just going to school and you're coming home you're seeing your friends so I think it's really inspiring that you've actually been appreciative at that age so did this last for two years? Is that right? Did you have your surgery at age 16 to have that removed? Yeah. So I, I do, again, I count myself incredibly lucky because not everybody is in a position where they can have the reversal to remove the stoma. But luckily, because I just had the colitis and I didn't have any Crohn's disease, they said that we'll be able to um, take this bag away and they create, it's really, really clever what they do, but they basically create like this little, um, they call it a J pouch, but it's the intestine that you have left they change the shape of it so that um and then sort of sew it up to your muscles and like your rectal muscles so that you can eat normally and go to the toilet pretty much normally like a regular person or never be obviously 100% the same but um it's it's phenomenal how they do it I mean it's a massive operation it was still quite a big decision because it was I think six or seven hour operation the recovery time was significant and at the time back then they would say things to me like well we can't guarantee what control you'll have and and this and that they didn't really sell it to me at the time and I was thinking oh brilliant so I could go through all this like put my life on the line and then what if I have problems but luckily for me I have been incredibly lucky and I genuinely 
I, I just feel like I live a completely normal, healthy life. And um, I just feel so fortunate. And it was like the best decision that I could have made. Um, so, yeah, I, I literally do feel like a, a miracle every day that they've been able to do this for me. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. Yeah, I was going to say, that's so lovely to hear. So you're 39 now, is that correct? Do you mind yes. me saying your age? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> so obviously when we got talking and things like that, I read into you because I obviously did a Google search and like <laughs> typed your name in and all these articles came up. So I just want to ask you about what happened to you in 2020 because what actually made you make this vision board that you're so infamous for? Because was it during the pandemic or was it just before the pandemic? It was during the pandemic. Um, Yes. So, yeah. So fast forward after, obviously, everything we've discussed, I've been so lucky to have, like I said, it's like I live two completely different lives. The first half of my life, almost, to be honest, is just, I just want to block it out. It's just so awful. And it wasn't really a, a quality of life at all. But then after the surgery and after sort of healing and everything, I went on to sort of fulfill my dreams to work as a TV presenter. I did a degree in fashion. I worked as a stylist on TV shows. I traveled around the world and I trained as a makeup artist and did all this cool stuff. And I was just absolutely living my best life. And then like for all of us, pandemic hit. And um, I had these travel documentaries in Thailand coming up and all these amazing jobs. And of course, understandably, everything came to an end. So it was, um, I was so great. Again, I was, I was doing playing gratitude game and I was so grateful that I was well and healthy, but I couldn't obviously ignore the fact that my life wasn't really going the way I wanted it to. Um, I'd had to move out of my rented accommodation, move in with family. Um, there was just all sorts of stuff going on. My, my Instagram got, um, targeted by hackers and I got blackmailed and my only source of income at the time was my Instagram and I lost everything um didn't have any work didn't have a partner so yeah so I thought you know what I'm going to take matters in my own into my own hands and I'm going to do something positive so I created this vision board in January 2020 with all my hopes and dreams and I thought this will give me something positive to focus on and it will remind me that there are good things to come so yeah, that was the start of it. So what did you actually put on your vision board? Was it, did you do like a physical vi- uh, vision board or did you do like a digital one? What did you actually put on it? I did a, a physical one. I um, I did use magazines, but I found photographs really helpful because it's quite hard to find yeah. um, things through magazines. So I would just put things in um, into Google and then print them out as photos. And then on a, in a massive glass frame, and I really enjoyed doing it. And I had all areas. I had like the charity work that I do with the Pink Ribbon Foundation and stuff on there that I hope to get back to. I had an area for my love life um, because I've been sort of looking for love for seven years since my ex-husband cheated on me so had a love life area I had a presenting travel area I had a a dream house on there um there there was yeah every area of my life that I could think of and I also put a lot of gratitude on there as well so it wasn't all about I want this I want that it was and also about the appreciation that I had my health I had my friends my family so it was a bit of a mix of the two it's nice that you've said as well about um, areas on the vision board, because that's not something that I've really given any thought to. Usually I'd just get like something to do with my love life, something to do with my money, something to do with family. Do you know what I mean? And I would just whack it all mm-hmm. on the board in a jumbled up order. 
But now, now actually you've said that, it probably makes sense to like focus on key areas. So maybe split the vision board into like eight parts maybe and think, okay, I'm going to put everything to do with love here, everything to do with finances and money here. It kind of makes more sense, doesn't it? Because then you're able to focus your energy onto those things without it being jumbled up. And I have what I call a butterfly brain. So my my brain is very overactive and I have like a million thoughts at once. So for me, I work really hard to try and um, whether it's making like to-do lists or when it came to a vision board, making sure it isn't all jumbled up like my brain is on a daily basis. That really helps me to focus. So I'd yeah, I'd definitely say that would be a tip that might be helpful because it just makes anything that makes it really clear and obvious what it is you're trying to achieve I think that's a a good thing and through your vision board you were able to manifest your dream home in Essex weren't you yeah that I'm sat in right now can't believe it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was about six months after that I I really reassessed my board and it was one of those moments where my mouth kind of like dropped open and I just thought wow I've I've pretty much everything's happened like bear in mind like I said I'd I'd not been very lucky in love since you know my ex my ex-husband had cheated we got divorced and I was really hoping to find someone it just hadn't worked out for me I'd met my partner really quickly after doing the dream board we'd bought this dream house together in Essex um it was everything you know we both sold the houses that we owned and moved in together um I, I had a a vision for a presenting job in Mauritius um <laughs> that was booked and in the diary it may well have happened at that point uh there was uh, even even little things that I hadn't anticipated so I wanted to get a contract with this uh fashion brand and I put that on the board and I'm also an ambassador for the Pink Ribbon Foundation which is an amazing charity that raises money for those affected by breast cancer so unintentionally I'd put the fashion brand and the charity next to each other on the board and I suddenly realized wow um they came on board as a like a partner of the Pink Ribbon Foundation so uh, they pay money monthly to be involved and they'd created a whole big collection so that every time something sold they raise money and I was like I didn't even predict that but it happened wow. and they were next they were next to each other on the board and we just had this massive press event with loads of celebrities and it was raising all this awareness and money and I thought you can't make that up because I didn't even plan that to happen. No, I was going to say there's no coincidences when it comes to law of attraction. It's like you've manifested that, you've you've brought that to fruition, do you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It made me so happy. And it also just made me think, well, I don't really want to keep this to myself because my friends and family that I talked to about it, they were all then sending me pictures of their vision boards for their things that they wanted to achieve. And they were like, we're trying it and they're asking me for help. And I thought, oh, you know, it might be worth, um, you know, maybe sharing this a little bit more on a wider scale because maybe enough people don't know about it. And I thought at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? You've got nothing to lose. Exactly. By giving it a go. That's how I always think about anything to do with the law of attraction. You're not harming anyone. It's not like you're running around like shouting insults at people or anything like that. It's 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 all in your head, you know what I mean? It's being positive and being grateful, like you were saying earlier. So how did the law of attraction come about for you then, Haley? Like it, do you think that you've actively manifested things in the past? Or do you think that you've just consciously started to realize that's what you were doing like in later years now? 
I think because of the the health challenges that I had, I didn't know anything about the law of attraction. But my mum in particular, I look back and I think, wow, she gave me so much good advice, which actually sort of plays into that now because it was so challenging to get through. She would say things to me, for example, like, um, you know, when I'd just be so down and like, I just had enough she would say to me like Hayley you have to think there are people so much worse off than you and I'd think at the time well I don't that just makes me feel worse I don't want to think of people that are in even more pain than I'm in (laughs) but she was right and you know she'd say yes you've got this difficult condition but you're alive and you've got this and you've got that and she would make me appreciate what I had And I always used to think to myself, I have to be grateful for for what I've got, because there is always someone worse off than you. And if you if you kind of have that, then rather than just being in pity for yourself, you're like, actually, you can appreciate all the things that you do still have. You've got a loving family. You've got amazing NHS workers that are helping you. So I feel like my mum was really good with that. And she used to encourage me to do visualization and um try and like imagine my body healing and things like that when I went to sleep so she'd given me so much great advice and um so those seeds were probably sown when I was young and then like most people I discovered the the book The Secret when that became popular and read that and I thought wow this kind of blows my mind and this is really fascinating and I've always been like a sponge for information and I love learning new things and I have an open mind and so from that I then investigated the science and I learned about quantum physics and all the the scientific um, evidence that can be linked to certain parts of manifesting and um, how our brain works. And then I discovered all these celebrities or athletes or people that have achieved greatness that had actually used the law of attraction, whether they knew that's what it was or not, or I don't know, done a drawing of them winning the Olympics when they were six and then they went on to win a gold medal. There was all these things that were coming out. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a whole new world. And it just really excited me. So I've just been, trying my best to learn about it and you know discovering people like yourself like listening to your podcast it kind of just expands doesn't it and then you've got feng shui you've got all these different other elements spirituality obviously crystals I've always loved so it's a really nice not a hobby but it's a really nice area of interest I think to have in your life because there's just so much to learn there is and I think spirituality is just so vast isn't it like you said there's many avenues when I've been looking at booking guests on the show and things like that I've started branching out into kind of not like high-end celebs not like Lady Gaga or anything like that but I've been researching people that have got like an interest in spirituality um, so for example, like Holly Willoughby, for example, um, Fern Cotton and things, they're really, really interested in spirituality and the fact that there's something a bit more to the world than just the black and white that we all see. And when I've been doing that, I've been quite surprised when I've been researching celebrities that are interested in spirituality and the law of attraction of the names that are coming up. So some of them, like, I was just shocked to find that someone would have that kind of opinion if that makes sense because they don't come across like that on tv or they don't come across like that in their music and things like that so it's really interesting to see how mainstream spirituality and especially the law of attraction has kind of become in the last few years isn't it i agree and even i don't know if you've um 
heard the story about Jim Carrey, but he he yes. wasn't successful as an actor, and you know that he wrote this check for I think it was like a was it a million dollars or something? A million dollars, that's right, and carried it around for years, and then he got his first film, and he and he was written this check for the exact amount. He was really ahead of his time. So yeah, I completely agree with you. More people are into it than you would think, and like you say, they might not necessarily their public persona might not necessarily be the kind of person that you think oh fits with someone who's really spiritual but I think people are really switched on and you don't necessarily even have to be somebody that's got a spiritual side I feel I'm a bit of both I'm so open to all of that I love it but I also do really love psychology science information about the brain neuroscience so but but there's there's evidence and there's information and on both sides so you can you can be have a scientific brain and you can still be really into it if that makes sense definitely so just going back to visualization because you were touching on it there um when you visualize is that something that you do in bed at night or do you tend to like set yourself like five or ten minutes throughout the day that kind of thing just because i've been recently reading that you should visualize first thing in the morning or last thing at night because your body's well your brain's about to go into a theta stage i think it's called and it's kind of more susceptible to and open basically to these ideas and the visualizations that you're bringing forth so what's kind of your routine through the day do you kind of just drop visualization in here and then or do you dedicate some time at the start or the end of the day i tend to find that um the end of the day is good for me I try to do my gratitude in the morning well I always do my gratitude in the morning um I have a little light box in my dressing room that says gratitude and abundance I switch that on in the morning and when that's on and I'm doing my hair and makeup I'm going through in my mind all the things that I'm grateful for and I also just try to do that naturally throughout the day whether it's I'm driving to work and I'm grateful for my car or I'm great grateful that I got to work safely Um, But then the evening, that's when if I want to visualize, I'll normally try and do that as I'm falling asleep. Um, I'm massively into um, subliminals, which I know you have some amazing ones. Um, So I tend to listen to that or I will have um, meditations on YouTube that I'll try and listen to as I fall asleep Mm. um, for different areas. And a lot of them encourage you to perhaps visualize certain things. So it might be that I'm listening to an abundance one. And they will encourage you to visualize what you're trying to um, create um, in your mind. So for me, I find that time that you fall asleep, um, as you said, I've learned about the science of it. So for me, I think that's a really good time to do it. Yeah, I I agree as well. I mean, at the minute, Johnny's away on holiday. I know we briefly spoke about this just before we started the episode rolling. But Johnny's away on holiday this week and he's gone away because he's gone. We see his mum basically in Malaga because she migrated out there. But I was supposed to be going and obviously I just couldn't afford to leave my business. But I quite enjoy the time when he's away because he's a really light sleeper. And if he hears anything through the night, he's up. But when he's away, I don't have to put my headphones in for my subliminals. Do you know what I mean? So I can literally yes. just put them on my laptop at the side of the bed and I press play. And do you know what it is? My dog is sleeping all the way through with my own subliminals on every night. So I've got the wealth and abundance and the success one looped all night. And usually he's out two or three times a night for a wee. He can't hold his bladder. And oh, literally, 
ever since Johnny's been away and I've had this subliminal on through the night, he slept all the way through. And I'm like, is this one of my superpowers that <laughs> I don't know if maybe he can hear my voice, maybe like subconsciously, you know, what dogs, yeah. dogs can hear something else. And I'm thinking maybe he's hearing my voice and that's settling him a bit more. Maybe It's soothing him. Yeah. Mm. I, uh, it's funny because my dog makes, um, I don't know, like little snorey noises, little breathing noises, but that, I tune into him. If I can't sleep, I listen to him breathe because it's one of my favorite things in life. I'm so obsessed with him. <laughs> um, but they are so in tune with us. And I think that must be really helping him. Maybe you need to, this could be a new um, avenue for you to record subliminals for dog owners. That's a really good one. Well, do you know what it is? <laughs> I've been asked a million times, do you do dog collars with crystals? Do you do uh, subliminals oh. for dogs and cats and yeah. things like that? And I'm like, I'm missing a whole avenue here. I, I don't You're know what I would call it. I don't know what I would call it though. What could I call it? I don't know. <laughs> Put it out there. Send us a message. Let us know what you think I should call it. If I yeah, do, yeah, <laughs> the listeners will come up with some great ideas. I'm sure. But I actually, in all seriousness, I would buy that. I would love a little uh, crystal um, collar for my dog. He's um, elderly now. He's like Aww. 15. Bless him. And anything that I could do to just kind of like help keep keep him in like tip top shape and yeah. health, then I'd. I love that. So, yeah, maybe for next year, you need to put this on your vision board. Yeah, I was going to say, because we know that crystals directly can affect animals as well. It's like Reiki. People do Reiki on animals as well. And I think, especially my dog, he's got quite bad separation anxiety. And I think it all comes back down to the pandemic, obviously. Before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. we were leaving him six or seven hours a day and he was absolutely fine. But now we can't go to the shop without him being sat at the front window shaking and he doesn't eat anything while we're out anymore. He doesn't drink or anything. It's like he's actually got separation anxiety. And I think maybe a little crystal encrusted like collar or something with like a howlite or an amethyst might calm him down. I don't know. But I'll look into it. <laughs> That's a little avenue from my vision board, like you say. Love it. So speaking of anxiety and things like that. So obviously I'm going to touch here on mental health. So Obviously, with you having quite a traumatic past with when you were a teenager and things like that, how is it now having gone through all of that in the past? Did you feel the need to ever go through therapy or anything like that? Or do you feel that you've now got kind of an unbeatable mindset now that you don't feel that you, you need therapy? I mean, to be honest with you, I think it, every single person would benefit from therapy. And it is definitely something that... Um, I would be keen to explore 100 percent because even the happiest of people, we've all got things that we could improve or work on. But for me personally, to be honest with you, when you sound dramatic, but when you literally have come back from the brink, you know, um, you when you have had a near death experience, I think everybody says the same. Or if you've been suffering and then that suffering has gone you can't even put into words the way that it makes you feel. It's kind of like another level of appreciation because until like, like we all feel well, we've all experienced it with the pandemic. You couldn't realize how much you would appreciate giving somebody a hug or just going to the shop um, to buy food or to a restaurant until it's taken away from you. As much as you think you appreciate it, I don't think you really do until it's actually gone. So for me, I was so, it was like my, it was like life was illuminated. All these things, like eating a piece of toast, for example. So 
when I was younger, I remember I had friends that, you know, when people didn't eat their crusts, like children didn't eat their crusts of bread. Yeah. I had friends that like wouldn't eat their crusts. And I would secretly be sat there thinking, do you know what I would do if I could just eat your monkey <laughs> crusts of bread? Like, cause I really missed, I couldn't have bread for seven years. And so just eating a bit of toast was like euphoric, just doing the most basic things that you wouldn't even think about to me was like the best thing ever like sleeping through the night getting back to my own bed going to sick form doing my a-levels going to university like traveling around the world getting on a flight getting on a bus like anything like it was just so amazing so I felt superhuman I I felt just so so happy and grateful and I felt strong and my body was getting stronger and I it was like a new lease of life like I hadn't really known what like a normal life was like before. And it was like I was experiencing it for the first time. So I think because that gave me so much happiness, I at that time didn't really feel like I had anything to be sad about. So I think there's something so powerful as well with what you were just saying there as well about when you're trying to feel grateful and you're showing gratitude, because this is something that I get um, questions about all the time. So people will DM me and they say, how can I be so grateful for the air or some hot water and things like that? And I ask them to imagine what their life would be like without that. And people always say, "Uh, I've, I've only woke up. I've only been up an hour. How can I be grateful for something within the first hour? And then I'll say to them, but what have you done within that first hour? You woke up in a bed for a start. What would your like life have been like if you'd have woke up on a floor? Do you know what I mean? And it's trying to like get them into the mindset of what would your life have actually been like if you physically hadn't had that? So even just getting a hot shower, what would it have been like if you hadn't had water at all? What would it have been like if you hadn't had any breakfast because you couldn't afford food? We've got so much to be grateful for in life and I think there's something so powerful there in visualizing what your life would be like without that thing because it's only when you actually visualize your life without that that you're actually truly grateful for what you've got in life I agree and I would start by saying you woke up today like there will be people that haven't woken up today but I, I don't get me wrong I know that if you're in a bad place it's really sometimes so hard to dig deep and don't get me wrong I know I probably come across like a positive poly and I am in general but I have been to some really dark places where my spirit's been completely broken like before I nearly died I literally had given up like every little bit of hope in me had gone over the seven years I it just eroded and I hadn't my spirit literally felt like it just died so I know how hard it is when you're at that point to even think about being positive about anything. But if you can just dig deep and just carry on with it and think about everything you could possibly be positive for, it honestly, even if it's like each day you feel 1% better, that's still 1% better than the day before, and then do it again the next day and you might feel 2% better. Um, So I completely agree with you to think that there's nothing to be grateful for. Honestly, you've got you've got to look at what's happening around the world. You've got to think about these poor people in Ukraine and, um, you know, in third world countries that are going through the toughest, toughest time. And yes, it doesn't stop stop us having problems that are valid. But it, I think context is so important. Like one of my tips would be. Um, you know, I do so much driving for work and my presenting jobs. I'm here, there and everywhere. I used to get so frustrated in traffic jams. I used to think I've already got a four hour round trip today and now I'm stuck in traffic. 
And honestly, I ref I completely reframe it. So if you can reframe that negative thought, so I think I'm listening to Kenny Crystal's podcast here. I'm chilled <laughs> out in my car. I've got Marty's lovely voice is keeping. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. company I'm learning something interesting today I'm not the person or people involved in the accident or breakdown like I'm lucky I'm safe in my car I'm relaxed all my knee you know I'm warm and then all of a sudden I've gone from this like oh negative energy I'm gonna be late for work it's, it's why me it's so unfair and suddenly I'm like, do you know what? I'm happy as Larry. I've got my podcast on. I'm in my car. I'm fine. So if you can reframe, find a way to think about your negative situation and reframe the way you think about it, it will change your life. I totally agree. So what other manifestation tips do you have then? Because obviously that's a great one about raising your, your positive vibes and things like that and reframing things. What other tips could you tell my listeners basically about how to manifest and, and some of the things that have helped you in the past? I think it's really important to surround yourself, if you can, with positive people in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you don't have friends that have like a positive outlook, listen to podcasts with people like yourself that are just full of positivity, full of tips, full of advice. Um, Francesca Amber, you know, we love her. Um, Find these people that really inspire you because you always have access to listen to all these inspirational people, whether it's podcasts or YouTube, they are out there. And I find that that's such a great way to learn and different tips because different things work for different people. Um, Obviously, vision boards, I find, have really worked well for me. I think I'm quite a visual person. I also think, um, like, writing things down, breaking things down into into different um, lists or segments is really beneficial as well. Um, Because I think sometimes it's really easy to forget what we actually want. And then if you can take, like, maybe if it's, like, once a month, just take your notepad out if you can, if you can sit in the garden or be outside or be in a park or something like I find for me that really helps me to focus on what I want I would always say to people as well other tips is like we do have a gut instinct and I think so much of the time we don't listen to it and often people will say well I don't know what I want but often you know what you don't want because your body will react or you'll have a gut feeling or if there's a person in your life every time you've spent time with a certain friend you come away feeling drained you'll know and I think that you need to tune into yourself more 
I always remember when I, I used to work in fashion and do other things and I really wanted to pursue my dream as a TV presenter. And I was really lucky at the time. I was um, friendly with the, the singer Alexandra Burke, who's a, a oh, wonderful yeah. person. She's very much into to this way of life. And um, I remember having a chat to her and saying, well, I, you know, I've got this nice job in fashion and beauty. Like, should I leave? And what do you think? Do you think I should just go for it, the presenting? And she said to me, she said, Hayley, why are you asking me? She said, you already know the answer. She said, stop looking for other people to give you the answers because it's inside already. And I've always remembered that. I found that so profound because I am the kind of person that does like to get advice from other people. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But I never thought of it like that. And I thought to myself, you are so right. Why do we always do that? We know it's it's within us. I think we just don't tune into our inner voice or our gut feeling enough. And I think if you can just like almost retrain yourself to tune into your body, it will it will then help you to be guided towards the things in life that actually you're drawn to, that actually make you happy. And then I guess my other tip would be find out what the little things in life are that bring you happiness because we're not always necessarily going to be at a time in our lives where we have money to maybe buy the things that we think will make us happy but what are the little things in life so for us I'm sure you agree being with our dogs definitely best thing ever (laughs) (laughs) if you're an animal lover or you might like I know it sounds pathetic but I absolutely love my little cup of green tea in the afternoon it just makes me happy it's the smallest thing um, I love going for walks and I love music. For everybody, it would be completely different. But I think if you can tap into those tiny little things, things that don't cost money, that make you happy or phone call with a certain friend or a coffee with a friend, you always feel good. Write them down or work out what these little things are and plant them into your life as much as you possibly can because that doesn't cost you any money and that will raise your vibration that will make you overall a happier person or make you appreciative and then I think it will help you manifest like the bigger things that you want and just never ever chase the money always chase the happy I live by that don't I think so many people spend their life thinking oh well I'm going to chase this promotion because when I get more money I'm going to get a better car I'm going to get a bigger house I'm going to go on like really luxurious holidays and then I've met so many millionaires throughout my career that are absolutely miserable people and I know most people think they know this but we're in this like society where it's like you've got to have this dress you've got to be this dress size when you get there you'll be happy and it's like oh it's so wrong like the way that we're fed everything in society always drives us to think that material things are what makes someone happy And it honestly couldn't be more the opposite of that. So find out the things that don't cost anything in life that make you happy and just do them as much as possible and just follow your heart, do what makes you happy and never chase money. Yeah, I totally agree with that because I don't know if you've heard the very first episode, I think it was, of Canny Crystals, the podcast where I spoke about I'd worked for the NHS for years and then I left my job because one of my friends had opened like a healthy eating restaurant and he offered me quite a, a large like promotion basically on my salary. And I took that job and I lasted maybe two or three months and I was coming home every day crying my eyes out because yeah. it was so stressful. And it was honestly probably the worst two or three months 
that I'd had like at that point of my life like I'd never felt stress like it and I'd never come home and just lay on the bed and cried into my pillow straight after a shift it was it was horrible and I think all I'd done there was chase that money and that's before kind of spirituality came about for me so I've learned to kind of it's not the be all and end all now and yes it is nice and yes you can afford to do like activities and things like that but sometimes some of the best things are free like I've been quite stressed lately, especially with my new website and things like that. So my website's not been doing what it should and things like that. So I've been quite kind of frustrated with it and I've been getting myself quite vexed and I've been trying to learn all the the teachings from my life coach about how to keep my anxiety and things at a low. But some of the, the best things that I found that have helped me is like you say, sitting on the couch with a cup of green tea with my partner, with my dog just watching a little like comedy or something or like watching someone's like stand-up gig just to make you laugh like I know he's not for everyone but I absolutely love Jimmy Carr and I I can literally sit and watch Jimmy Carr or Joe Lysett or anything like that and I'll sit and I'll put something like that and really raises my vibe because it forces me to laugh and I spoke about this in my episode last week as well about the the medicine of laughter and things like that and how just even forcing a smile can basically make you feel better inside and release so many endorphins so just by watching a little stand-up it's free well I mean you have to pay for Netflix or something like that you know what I mean but it doesn't Mm -hmm. cost much and it doesn't cost you the earth but it's really helping to raise your vibes and I think that really helps me with manifesting as well I agree I totally agree with that and and when I was ill as well like my family would try and change the tone sometimes like take the mick out of you could look at a situation like really seriously and or you can find the funny in pretty much everything in every situation there is um fun to be had and my mum would just say to be like don't take yourself too seriously be always be able to laugh at yourself be able to laugh with other people and um I completely agree with that and one other sort of tip for listeners that's just come to mind that I think has really helped me is often we have a lot of really well-meaning people in our life that say, for example, you want to leave a job or go, go for a promotion or change a career, whatever. It could be anything. And their life experience leads them to say to you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. And they're often saying that because they're trying, they think they're trying to help you. They think they're trying to protect you. So for example, when I wanted to leave my, the jobs that I had after my fashion degree, and I really wanted to leave my job, set up a company so that I could pursue presenting, I cannot tell you the amount of people that gave me 101 reasons why I would never be a TV presenter. It would never work. Um, it was really competitive. I didn't live in London. I didn't know anyone in TV. And I remember this sentence and I said to them, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I just know that I will find a way. I just know that I'm going to do it. I don't know how. I just know I'm going to do it. And I was so single minded. I was like, I will figure this out. And obviously, I have been in a position that I've been able to do that. And I would say to anybody, if you have a vision, whatever it is, and anybody tries to tell you that you can't do it, just remember that. Just say, you don't have to know how you're going to do it. You don't have to have all the answers. All you need to do is like every day, take a step in the direction of where you want to go. And then the next day, take another step. And sometimes you might have a step back, but that's fine. If you keep focused and you believe in yourself, I don't care what that dream is, you will eventually get there. But 
obviously you have to block out outside noise if it's a good piece of advice I'm not saying don't listen to it but just be aware that often people aren't brave enough to follow their dreams so people will come in and they will try and put you off and they will try and stop you and I'll just say do not listen because if I'd have listened to that I would have not be doing what I do now like when I wanted to get a dog people tried to put me off best thing that's ever happened to me I used to have a horse it was my absolute dream to have a horse when I was a kid and we didn't have any money and I got to my 20s and I bought a horse people tried to put me off you know unfortunately he had to be put down but it was the best 10 years of my life with my horse so I think of all these things in life and I think wow if I'd have listened to other people you know my horse my dog my career three of the things in life that have brought me so much joy I wouldn't have had them in my life so just be mindful of that like listen to yourself my gut feeling was I was like I will make this work and I knew I would but I didn't know how doesn't matter if you don't know how you'll find a way I think when you start to listen to other people as well they start to project their fears and their belief system onto you as well and I think you've got to stand strong and stand in your own power and think this is my belief I'm going to reaffirm to myself day in day out that I am going to make it and that's what gives you the faith and the hope to actually progress and actually reach and achieve your goals because I'd still be working in the NHS if I'd have listened to all my family and friends. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't have left. I mean, I think when I'd gone to my Nana's one afternoon, maybe last year or something, I said, oh, I'd started up a little side business. And I was like, you never know, one day I might even leave the NHS for it. Do you know what I mean? And straight away, she just said, don't be so stupid. And she like she just quashed my dreams like that. And I mean, she's very old fashioned, my Nana, bless her. And she, she didn't mean any harm by it, but she, she was obviously, well. yeah, she meant well. She totally did. She was probably just worried that oh my god if he leaves the NHS he's not going to have an income and he's going to be mm-hmm. kind of putting on us to kind of support him do you know what I mean he's got a house he's got a mortgage he's got a partner but they didn't see kind of my passion and the kind of the want and the need that I actually had for this business and then as soon as I did leave the NHS I didn't even tell them for two months because I knew fine well what they'd say And as soon as I told them, again, obviously I got, you can't do that. And I went, well, funnily enough, I left two months ago and they were all in panic mode. And I think my Nana even had a slight little argument with me one day and she was like, you can't make a living selling rocks. And I was like, Nana, it is so much more than that. She just didn't understand it. And I think because she didn't understand it, she had this fear and this, obviously she was projecting that fear onto me by saying I couldn't Mm -hmm. do it, but I just kept having to raise the wall up and just like put it to one side and be like Nana I love you but on this occasion you are wrong and I just had to prove them wrong and then every time I was going over I was like oh well like when I had my 30,000 pound month or something I didn't get a oh my god that's amazing I just got a oh okay and it just kind of quashed that so I think she was kind of like okay he's actually doing all right for himself but I'm not going to like say that do you know what I mean so yeah I think yeah, you've just got to satisfying when yeah you you've do. just you've just got to put that security up and kind of block people out that are going to be kind of Debbie Downers and mood hoovers and just kind of push them to one side take take their advice and things like that but don't let it like quash your goals and dreams I honestly I couldn't agree more people also think like you have to stay in one lane so you know, I've, I've sort of transitioned into TV presenting, but I did my degree in fashion. I learned how to be a makeup artist. And I've I've kind of done that as a presenter as well. So it's great. And now I do a lot of travel, which I really love. But sometimes people think if you start off as one thing, like, you know, you're an NHS worker or 
you work in retail or you're an optician, whatever it is, it's almost like that's your lane, stay in that lane. That's who you are. And it's like, no, well, what if I want to work in the NHS for this period of my life, but then I want to go and retrain and cut down trees for a living? I don't know why, <laughs> just random examples, but people will often see you as one thing and they don't, or you might want to do like, a lot of different things you might want to be a podcaster and you've got an amazing business why can't you do a little bit of everything but people are often like want to put you in a box or have you like in one lane and stay in one lane and I think that's um, something to be aware of as well and you will always if you follow what feels right what makes you happy and you divert yourself if something comes up and it's like I've got a bad feeling about that or I'm not sure about that person or like you said, you were crying in that job. Obviously, that was telling you, like, that was a clear sign, like, this isn't my path. Like, I need to change path and adjust course. And don't I always say to people, like, don't worry if you try something and it doesn't work out. Like, the most successful people in life, like, I don't know if you listen to Stephen Bartlett, he's podcast, I'm yeah. CEO, yeah. but he said yesterday, I was listening to him on on the way to work he said I failed more than anyone I know like my first two businesses completely failed like I've had so much failure he said but what I learned to do is I fail quickly I fell quicker than other people and then I move on and he's like so many people procrastinate and put off doing things and then they figure out like years later well that didn't work he's like I get failure out of the way quickly and I thought what a good tip like don't let failure get you down failure is feedback like things I've had loads of bumps in the road with my career but I always had this feeling inside it was like just keep going because you get rejected all the time in this industry and you have to dig deep and not take it personally and just think do you know what like this wasn't my time I've missed out on the most amazing dream jobs I've got down to the final two and then all of a sudden they've gone in a different direction you have to learn to pick yourself up and just carry on believe in yourself and trust that when the time is right the good things will come. And that is quite hard because rejection's hard, failure is hard. But I think the people that go on to be successful are the people that are really good at dealing with failure yeah. and just keep going. I agree. I'm going to use my mum as an example here because for the last 30 years, my mum has been like a carer and she's gone from job to job. Like she's gone from being a home carer to like physically going out to someone's house to being in an old folks home. And like kind of nursing and things like that. But she is stuck kind of in one lane, like what you were saying. And it's almost like she's known nothing else. So she's just like trundled along. Do you know what I mean? But she absolutely hates her job. And she won't mind us saying this, but she absolutely hates her job. And she's been so depressed. And I think she was working at 1.60 hours a week because she does 12 hour shifts. And she was doing five of them a week. And then when they put her on to night shift, she was saying, I can't do more than four a week. It's absolutely killing her. Like she wasn't getting much sleep through the day and she's coming up to 60. She's 60 at the end of this year. And she's done that now for 30 years. And it's an awful thing to say, but that's kind of inspired me to do better because my mom kind of, she left school without many qualifications. I think it's a generational thing. Um, She didn't really have many qualifications. So she just kind of went into care work because it it was there. And she always tried to get me. I remember when I was like 16, 17, she was like, well, while you're at college, do you not want to do a bit of care work and I can get you in and stuff. And I said, seeing how depressed you are and how much you hate it, why would I want to put myself in that same position? 
do you know what I mean so it's kind of spurred me yeah. on to do better so the, use it to spare you on, yeah, yeah the more I climbed the ladder in the NHS the higher I got and I could see that she was obviously proud of me and stuff but it just made me feel bad that she's still having to go through this crappy time. And I mean, she's working part time now. So she's working, I think she works two days a week. So she gets, she's working like 24 hours a week. She comes out with something like £900 after tax. And she was telling me the other the other week that her gas and electric bills are going to be like £400, £500 a month. And I said, that is literally half of her wage. So what I want to do is, and I, I've spoke about this before, but what I really want to do is I want to get to the point where I can actually employ my mom, but not physically yes. employ her, if that makes sense. So yes. like, just let her like do what she wants, but give her the money as if she's like getting paid a wage. But I'm not interested in her services. I just want her to be comfortable. I love that. And as you were telling that story, I was thinking in my in my head, I was like, Mark's mum's going to come and work for him. Like, that <laughs> is going to be what happens. Like, 100%. Like, how amazing. Like, your mum, she has dedicated her life to caring and helping for other people. What a beautiful person. Like, she obviously doesn't enjoy it. It's a really tough job, but she deserves, like, all that love and that, like, good karma to come back. And I'm sure that's going to happen. I can't wait for the day that you say in your podcast that like you're able to pay your mum a wage because you will do it you will do it and I think if if you we all know that life isn't forever but we don't want to think negatively of course we don't we don't want to be thinking well I could die tomorrow that's a horrible thought isn't it? it really is a negative thought but actually when you realize like things can change in a second it's like birthdays I used to worry about getting older and think, oh, and I remember when I turned 30, I was like, oh my God, I'm turning 30. I don't want to leave my 20s. And now I've totally reframed that thought. And I'm like, I'm about to turn 40 next year. And I think I'm so lucky. Like I could have easily gone at 14. Like if the penny had kind of, or the dice had rolled in another direction, so to speak, I wouldn't still be here. So it is an achievement that I'm going to see my 40th birthday and hopefully a lot more birthdays. So again, it comes back to this thing of reframing. But when you realize, you fully realize that life is too short, it stops you putting things off. And like, bless your mom, I know it's hard, a generational thing. And women had a lot less opportunities, you know, than, than we're blessed with now, men and women with the internet, you can, you can work all over the world. That generation didn't have that. But like, everybody's time is ticking. And what a shame to look back on your life and think, do you know what? I spent so many years like being really miserable. I'm never going to get that time back. Like, so the quicker you can make a change, the better, because that's the day you're never going to have again. And what a shame if you spent it being unhappy. Absolutely. And like, just to caveat that, my mum is probably one of the most caring people you will ever meet. She's always the first to go and do like go out of her way and do anything for anyone do you know what I mean I've spoke about this before but I think I think it it's just the fact that she's a number rather than a person to the corporations that she works well because they're all private companies and things like that you know what I mean and I think just when when you've got like that level of like authority above you and it doesn't kind of come down and you are literally just a number it kind of will have a detrimental effect on you and just looking back at the last 30 years and seeing how happy she was like I say that has been my crutch to say like come on Martin do better you don't want this for your kids as well do you know what I mean exactly break kind of break that chain and then when you bring up your children 
all the knowledge and all the experience that you've got um you can plow into them because my family are amazing they're really supportive and God, they were just incredible when I was ill. But when it's come to my career, it has been people, well-meaning people like my mum and and probably, you know, my nan at the time saying those things of, wow, you don't live in London and you don't know anybody. People always think of the things that will go wrong, but they never think what will happen if it goes right. So maybe like your nan, bless her heart, she's thinking, well, Mark, you know, he's got a partner, he's got a property, blah, 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 blah. What about this? But they're not thinking, what if it really works? He could he could be, um, you know, mortgage free in two years. He could be, you know, this internet sensation and have like a million followers on TikTok or whatever, and they make money from that. It's like our, a lot of people's brains will always go down the road of what will what all the negatives could be. It's like their brain won't allow them to think the opposite way. Yeah, it's called negative bias, isn't it? We always look at the negative side of something. Negative bias, yeah. Um, And I think as well, it is a generational thing because I think none of these opportunities, like you say, of being able to make money over the internet and stuff, none of that was available when they were like young people and like growing up, do you know what I mean? So they see it as weird. I think when I first told me Nana that I'd sold some stuff on the internet, she went, oh, so will you get done by the police for, for scamming people? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you've sold, you've sold to something. And it was because it was a digital product. And I went, well, no, I've sold it to them. And I was like, I've actually given them it. I'm not scamming them out of money. And she was like, just looking at us to say like, do you know what I mean? I was going to get arrested or something. Yeah. But anyway, oh, so, sweet. <laughs> um, so what's on your vision board for the future then, Haley? What's the next five oh. years hold for you, for example? Yeah. I mean, my vision board is literally beside me now. Um, so yeah, I mean, right in the center is um, the word happy because I, I always strive to be happy. That's my number one. It's not about money. It's not about career success. It's just about how many days can I wake up happy? And obviously, of course, you know, awful things happen to all of us. We can't be happy all of the time. But my aim is to try and have as many happy days as I can. Um, but yeah, I've got loads of things Um more presenting um there's a lot of um exciting travel projects coming up for me one potentially on a really really massive mainstream channel that I'm like so excited about because that that will be a real dream come true um uh family I'd love absolutely love to to have a family whether that's um you know a biological child an adopted child to be a mum um a mum and dad me and my partner um so to do more of my charity work with Pink Ribbon, uh, yeah, mainly around travel, friends, career, charity, family, happiness. Yeah, all that kind of good stuff. I love that. I love that you've got happy in the middle as well. I think I need like a little quote or some words or something in the middle of mine because mine is all just pictures. Um I hear you've also got a couple of discount codes, haven't you, for the listeners? Um, do you want to shout them uh, businesses out there? Sure. So, yeah, I really appreciate the listeners tuning in today. And I thought, oh, can I do anything? Just a little treat. Um, so I work with two really lovely fashion brands. So one is called Blue Vanilla and they're offering um, all of the listeners a special 15% off. And we'll put obviously the... I'm sure we'll put the code in the show notes. And then the other fashion brand is called Licorice. Again, they both do beautiful clothes um, and they are offering 20% off. And also they'd like to do a giveaway. So 
what we've suggested is if you'd be happy to follow Licorice and myself on Instagram, maybe just put Canny Crystals in the comment and obviously give us a little like. We'll pick a couple of winners and then you can both um, pick a dress of your choice as a little treat on us to say thank you. I love that. Thank you so much. And obviously for anyone listening, I will put all of the links to those in the show notes as well. So you can go ahead and enter that competition and get the discount code. And also, Hayley, how can people find you as well? Um, what's your Instagram handle? So on Instagram, I am Hayley Sparks TV and that's Sparks with an E. So yeah, please say hi. Um, I'd love to to know what you um, you thought. Um, just keep in touch. I love interacting with my followers and uh, yeah, it's a nice little platform Instagram. I find it actually really really positive um my followers are great and um, I love connecting with new people on there so yeah Hayley Sparks TV and I do insist that everyone goes and follows Hayley because her content is just amazing she's just been on a holiday it's just made us so absolutely freaking jealous but um <laughs> go and follow her because obviously her Instagram did get hacked and she's down to is it 12 or 13 thousand followers now yeah I literally I had a, a approaching 30 I mean it's fine I, I it's all about like having the right kind of people but yeah it was hard yeah it was really hard because just losing all your content all, all the people that follow and support you well it's your income as well out. isn't it yeah it was actually really scary like I'd never been in a position like that but I was being blackmailed for money the police got involved the fraud squad got involved it, they take it actually really seriously it's a big thing so yeah. um yeah I literally started from zero and um yeah I've built it back up yeah yeah so go and follow <laughs> Haley on Instagram like I said it's at Haley Sparks TV and I will put the links to that in the show notes as well so Haley, thank you so much for sharing your story I really do appreciate you coming on the show Oh, Mark, thank, no, honestly, thank you. Thank you for all your amazing podcasts. You have kept me company on oh. so many car journeys and I felt really inspired by you and your story. And I'm genuinely um, so happy to have met you and been on the podcast. And I'm so excited because I just know you're going to have your mum working for you. You're going to have this <laughs> massive team. Um, you're just going to go up and up and up. And oh, I can't wait to listen and watch you like, just grow and fulfill all your dreams and I think you're a really wonderful and inspiring person too oh thank you very much you're gonna make us cry (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you so much Hayley I really appreciate that and for anyone else who has enjoyed today's episode please feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from um you can do so on Spotify Audible Google Amazon wherever it is that you're listening from thank you all so much and I'll see you all again next Friday for another episode of Canny Crystals the podcast thanks very much guys have a nice weekend bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.